Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hello and welcome to What Goes Up, a weekly markets podcast. My name is Mike Regan. I'm a senior editor at Bloomberg. And I'm Valdana Hayek, a cross-asset reporter with Bloomberg. And this week on the show, well, Wall Street has become obsessed with trying to figure out whether the U.S. economy will fall into a recession or whether it's already in one. Certain economic data points have weakened. Inflation remains sky high. So is a recession inevitable? And how much have the markets already discounted a potential recession? We'll get into it with a senior markets analyst in London. But first, Voltani, you need to catch me up. I've been off all week until Thursday. What did I miss, as they say? Well, all of the new Bloomberg interns started, and uh, I added a bunch of them on LinkedIn. Or they added me, and I accepted. I should oh, say. You, oh, you did. You did yeah. Just rubbing it so, in there. W- you already have the interns all in your professional network. Yeah. They're not yeah. even professionals yet. They're just interns and they're in, and you allow them in your professional network. I did. Yeah. I'm getting along with them really, really well. So we're, we're LinkedIn friends. Welcome to all the Bloomberg interns. And uh, I'm happy to uh, have you in my network. Wow. That's amazing. For listeners who haven't been paying attention, Valdana refuses to allow me into her professional network on LinkedIn, <laughs> yet all the interns are admitted right away. I, yeah, they just started, I think, like three or four days ago. So if I were to go back and and restart as an intern, would you would you let me in? I think so. Yeah, it depends. It depends. Like, would we be working together? What kind of work would you pre- be producing? But yeah, I, th- oh, okay. I think so. But all now right. it's it's too late for you now. That's it's too late. 
<laughs> I'm too old to be an intern. That that's the bottom line, I guess. Do you know who else is in my on my LinkedIn network? Uh I I bet our this week's guest. Yeah, this week with this week's guest is also part of my LinkedIn network. I want to welcome Fiona Sincota. She's the senior financial markets analyst at City Index. Welcome, Fiona. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the show, Fiona, and welcome to Voldana's professional network. It's a very exclusive club, clearly. Uh, <laughs> uh, of a couple only, thousand people. Oh, yeah. So only uh, some people being excluded. But Fiona, I wanted to start um, uh, by asking you a little bit about Cindy City Index itself. I mean, we definitely want to get your take on the on the market outlook and everything. But for U.S. listeners who aren't uh, familiar with City Index, um, I'm kind of fascinated because you you offer some types of trading that um, I think many of our uh, U.S. listeners are not familiar with, uh, such as uh, spread betting and and CFD trading. Could you just explain uh, to people who aren't familiar with those, that type of trading what it is and and how City Index is involved? Yeah, cool. So, I mean. CFD trading and spread trading, they are trading derivatives and the idea is that they're traded on margin. So basically what that means is that when you're taking out a position, you don't actually own the position. Um, you're actually making um, or taking uh, uh, an opinion on where you think the price movement is going. So you're not owning it like you would a stock or a share if you were going to actually buy stocks and shares. You're actually making or losing money on the price movement. And so what that means is that you can actually short the market just as easily as you can go long the market, which is brilliant in times of high volatility, when you need to get some hedging strategies going. And also, for example, in bear markets, <laughs> you want to be shorting yeah. stocks and indices. It can become really Comes in handy this year. <laughs> massively. Um, I mean, there are a couple of things to watch out for. As I said, it's traded on margins. So what that means there is you're actually just putting forward a deposit you don't need to put forward the whole value of the trades that you're taking out. Um, now, that could be very advantageous in the sense that you only need to put forward like a small percentage of the value of your trade, but you make losses or gains as if it was the full position size. Um, brilliant when it goes in your favor. Not so good when it goes against you. So you've got to be really hot on your risk management. You've got to keep these idea of, you know, stop losses and and and, and sort of really have a, a good strategy when you're trading the market. You can't just sort of leave it with the hope that things might turn around because that could get a little bit hairy. Right, right. I bet uh, some of our more active U.S. traders are very jealous that that uh, of of this type of trading that they can't do in the U.S. But who knows? Maybe someday they'll they'll allow it. Uh, yeah. um, but um, are you are the clients uh, sort of a mix of retail and hedge funds and whatnot, or, or what? Who, who exactly is uh, you know the client base? Yeah, completely. We have an absolute mix. So you know we can go from we do have newbies, complete newbies who have never traded before, and they're just sort of looking to get involved because obviously you can take very small position sizes as well, which is good if you're just you know testing it out and want to see how it all works. Um, and then we go all the way up, we scale all the way through. So we've got some big clients in there as well. Um, I mean, you know, different uses, people use them for different and, and different institutions have different uses for what we offer. Um, but yeah, we, we, we cover the complete range, professional clients as well as, as retailers. Just so our listeners are aware and Mike is aware, Fiona and I actually hung out in London when, when I was there a couple of weeks ago and we arranged the podcast uh, appearance. But 
I wanted to ask you to gauge the the mood over there and what it's what it's actually like. We have the war in Ukraine. We have high inflation in the UK and across the eurozone. Plus, we had Germany this week warning of this contagion from Russian gas cuts. So I wanted to ask you to sort of tell us what it's like, what the mood has been like. Yes. I mean, it was great catching up with you. That was so lovely, putting a face to a name and a chat. So that was really good fun. Um, But yeah, you know, we're really noticing these price rises. And I'm sure this is something that, that's really being noticed across the um, across the social, social sectors in the UK at the moment. It are those price rises that we're seeing coming through. Um, you know, inflation is really quite high here. It's coming at 9%. It's expected to go into double digits. We're expecting 11% in the coming months. Um, and so it's really being felt because it's broad-based as well food. We have a lot of imported energy. So energy bills are just going through the roof. Um, That's really proving to be quite a struggle um, for a lot of people. And it's putting in this, we've got this sort of cost of living crisis. Um, And we're seeing that there's a lot of strikes now where, where we've got unions wanting their payers to have more money. We're just in the middle of this huge train strike in in the UK at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, you know, most of us are working from home this week just because it's going to be impossible to get into the office. But this is just one union. You know, we've got other unions and workers that are planning on more strikes because they want higher wages to be able to afford and to be able to cope in this cost of living crisis. Um, but obviously, that's just spiraling into this, this inflation spiral and helping everything go up more. Um, so, you know, it's a very, very difficult place we are at the moment. We're expecting a really tough summer as far as walkouts are concerned, as far as rising prices are concerned, and for inflation just to keep on going up. You know, Fiona, I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, obviously in the U.S., um, uh, President Biden has gotten a lot of political heat over the the inflation issue in the U.S., it doesn't seem, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem that maybe Boris Johnson is getting as much uh, criticism and blame for inflation. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I feel like people are still fixated on the parties he had during COVID. More, <laughs> yeah. more than, you know, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's, but they're not done with that scandal yet. They'll, maybe they'll get, get to inflation. But is, is inflation sort of, you know, a political risk across the spectrum, do you think, in Europe to, to the leaders and, and the, the leadership parties? Um, because of, you know, people expecting the government to be able to do something about it. I, how are politics sort of factoring into your your thoughts on the markets and, and what inflation is is doing to uh, things like the, the labor issue you've discussed? You know, there, there isn't as much yet, I say, of a blame game going on as far as Boris Johnson's concerned. As he said, you know, we're just all getting over the fact that he was able to be partying during lockdown, that we're just just trying to get ahead around that. We've had the Queen's Jubilee. There's been quite a lot of other things to focus on. But I think that's starting to change. We've had some by-elections where he's not been doing so well. We've seen in France as well, Macron's having problems getting um, majority in Parliament. So, you know, I think there is this sort of, it's seeping in there that there is this sort of blame towards the politicians coming in. We just seem at the moment, I feel there has been a lot more blame thrown towards Andrew Bailey, who's been sort of out defending himself quite vigorously recently, um, you know, over inflation and, and why it suddenly got so out of control and why the Bank of England hadn't done anything before. 
And then we've also got Rishi Sunak, our finance, uh, uh, um, Chancellor of the Exchequer, who's also been sort of drawn into this as to what, what he's doing, what, how they're going to help out, how they're going to help those poor families. Um, so that there is sort of a bit of a blame game going on. It's not really, I think, heated up properly yet, but I think it will over the summer as we have more strikes, as more people struggle to get to work, as more people can't afford what they want to be able to afford. That's when we're really going to start to see sort of the, the politicians come under a lot of heat. And I know, Fiona, you also focus on the U.S. economy and U.S. markets. We heard from Powell this week where he sort of came really close to admitting that the Fed might not be able to engineer the softish landing that everybody's been hoping for. I wanted to ask you what you make of that and what your outlook is in ter terms of a recession in the U.S. Yeah, so I mean, it was almost the first sort of like official acknowledgement that there could be a recession in the U.S., right? And I think that was also um, the market actually behaved quite interestingly in response to that because we saw the equities actually pick up off the the session lows they didn't close higher but they did try to but we've seen them push higher today but this question on is there going to be a recession in the us is one that's sort of really dominating the market this week when you know as, as investors sort of tussle with that idea of more huge rate hikes from the fed 75 basis points potentially in july and another 50 basis points in september so yeah that that focus of is there going to be a recession in the US? And I think the answer is still unclear. Um, I think the chances of a recession happening in the US are much more likely now than they have been for, for a very long time. It's not as clear cut in the US as it is in Europe. I think in Europe, it's almost going to be impossible for us to avoid a recession over this side. Um, but I think in the US, there is still, I think, and uh, a soft landing is optimistic. We'll put it that way. So that puts my expectations of a recession probably moving moving over sort of over fifty percent chance at the moment. Um, but there are a couple of things that the U.S. economy really does have in its favor, and I think that's the leeway in the jobs market. You know, you've got such a strong jobs market right now, which is obviously does have its downfalls in the sense that it's sort of keeping wages elevated. But that does mean that there's a lot of leeway. Um, you know, it gives the Fed real wiggle room to be able to get those big hikes in early. And I think that's what they're going to be looking at doing. So, you know, it could be that the jobs market is actually the saving grace for the US economy. Um, even though right now that might not necessarily see the point, seem, seem to be the case, given that it's keeping wages so high. Well, how much uh, do you think is already priced into the market? I mean, we're looking at a, a U.S. stock market that's down more than 20 percent on the year. Um, is, is the worst already priced in, do you think? Or is there a lot more room to fall uh, should the, the outlook deteriorate and, and we actually get a, a, a contraction in growth? Do you know, I think the focus, as I said, was going to be on, on the job side of things. I think for now, we had that big sell-off last week when there was that sort of realization that the Fed is going to raise, raise hike rates by 75 basis points, and they did. Um, and that sort of, you know, when we saw some, some, some big sort of moves down and we saw the S&P bear market move into that bear market. I do think there is more downside to come. Um, and I think that will be coming 
when we start to see the cooling off in the jobs market, that's going to start to get people nervous. That's going to get investors a little bit more nervous. Um, for now, we've seen that inflation is high. Um, we know that. We know that we've seen that 1.5% contraction already. Um, so I think as far as those macroeconomic figures are concerned, it's priced in where we are. It's when we start to see that that easing in the, the jobs market. And today, I mean, jobless claims, they're, they're just initial claims of just it's sort of creeping up towards that five-month high. We're not seeing big moves there, but there might just be some sense that there could be a little bit of sort of easing coming in. So I think that for me is going to be like one of the key um, data points to be really watching closely. Are you watching any other indicators besides that? I, I know I talk to a lot of people who are looking at technical indicators and so on. And I also wanted to ask you to, to look ahead considering that we're talking about, you know, how much further we could go. But what does the second half of the year look like now that we now that June is almost over? Okay, so, you know, as far as the charts are concerned, I think the one place that we tend to be looking for is is movement on the VIX, right? I think historically, the VIX has seen a little bit more movement when we're sort of getting towards that last part of of the bear market and sort of concerns of recession. So um, we haven't really seen that in the VIX yet. It's elevated, but it's not up at those levels, that 40, 45 level, which I think is pretty key to be watching out for. Um, as far as looking out towards the second half of the year, I mean, I think we will start to see inflation cooling. I mean, if we look ahead and even just next week, <laughs> not as far as we're going to want to look ahead. We'll look ahead further, but <laughs> we'll start with next week. Um, you know, you've got the the PCE um, inflation gauge, and that's fallen now. So it was up at 6.6, and then it came down to 6.3. If that falls again, I think that we could start to say that is looking like a trend. And if that's the case, then that could potentially continue. And that is going to be a really good place for the market to be watching for. So as far as, as, as what to sort of watch out in the second half of the year, I think falling inflation is something that we could potentially be seeing. Also, though, I think we're also going to be seeing sort of a cooling, as I said, in the in the jobs market. I think we could expect to see sort of, you know, those non-farm payrolls come right down. We could see sort of jobless claims start to inch higher um, as far as that's concerned. They're going to be sort of the, the, the two key areas that I'm going to be watching would be inflation and jobs for the second half of the year. Um, but I, I think until we've got that sense of peak inflation, which has been, you know, this this real sort of, you know, buzz for the market. Have we passed it? When's it going to come? Um, until we get to there, then I think the markets are going to struggle to move higher. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. 
Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You know, you know, I think one of the most difficult things for sort of your conservative uh, buy and hold investor uh, this year was the the correlation between stocks and bonds being so close, you know, both falling in tandem. Um, you know, now as we're, you know, people crossing their fingers and and hoping possibly there might be a bottom in for, for both and and they'll both firm up a little bit, uh, you know, yields will come down and, and uh, treasury prices will rise and stocks will rise. I'm curious how you're thinking about that. How long can we uh, sort of expect the two to be correlated, uh, you know, positively? Where, you know, wh- what would it take, do you think, to to sort of uh, get them to decouple again and, and sort of uh, start moving in op- opposite directions again? Yeah, I mean, it's been a challenge, hasn't it? This year has been like really tough. Like, cash is king. That's what it's been, you know. It's been yeah. that idea of where are you going to look for in order to 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 be able to to, to make some something something from your investment. Um, I think the idea that there has or there is now so much in cash is something that would be favourable for the markets and seeing that point of change around. Um, and I, I also think I generally would expect to see. I think a movement in bonds 
before we see the movement in stock. So that, again, is something that I'd be looking out for. But I don't think we're there yet. I don't know what that event is going to be. Um, sometimes you see that capitulation, don't you, where everyone just throws in the towel and says, enough's enough, you know, take me out before yeah. you see that bottoming out. Whether we'll see that this time now, I don't know. That's historically the case. Um, and so, but I do think that there is going to be a rough ride still to come. I don't think it's, as I said, been completely priced in yet. Um, so I do think volatility is going to remain. And also that sort of does mean that having that sort of that hedging strategy um, could be really useful for well, these challenging days in the markets, because if you think, well, you know, if we do a comparison to two years ago, buy anything and you were going to make money, the market just went up, didn't it? You know, <laughs> we were in that sort of position, whereas it's a much more challenging environment at the moment. Yeah, that that whole notion of capitulation is kind of fascinating. I mean, we've seen we've had these, you know, down two, three plus percent days and and no one is convinced we've seen capitulation yet. I guess when you see so many so much volatility, you really need to see something that's even above and beyond what we've seen to really feel like capitulation is in. Is that is that kind of what everyone's waiting for? Do you think? I think so. I think the, I think that's right. But as you said, you know, we have seen the sort of these big swings, and to a degree, we've always got a little bit used to it, haven't we? So it's like something, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. So something even bigger needs to be happening, and is that going to be the moment? Um, I mean, and as we know, what historically happens doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen this time, but you know, if we're trying to draw comparisons, then that is what we'd be expecting. We'd expect to see that rise in the VIX, the drop off, and then a floor in place. Um, when that will happen at the moment is quite a difficult question to answer. Um, but I think we're getting closer, definitely. And I think by the by the time that we're moving, you know, well into the second quarter of the year, um, then we should have been past that. Does that also mean it's too early to say that we've seen a peak in yields? Yeah, I think it's difficult. That's a really good question because I think bonds do move before stocks. So in the sense that we will see that first and we have seen that yields have come off in the last couple of days pretty in a pretty impressive manner. Um, but... Yeah, I just there for me there's still there's still more to come out and I think the other thing that we need to be aware of is the situation in in Russia and Ukraine is I know you are in the US are not as closely tied as we are in Europe by any sense of of the picture but I think that that is a big anomaly and also the covid cases in in China again you know we feel that we might have past that but we just don't know when these sort of you know anomalies are going to pop up so i think that's something that is worth just being aware of as well um but yeah i just my, my feeling is there's a little bit longer to go till we've seen this but yes that's what we're watching out for is that 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 falling in the yields and the peak passing yeah so so how would you sort of position in the stock market these days you know the everyone's wondering if this value uh, outperformance will last or if you know tech is sort of inevitable that we'll get a big bounce back in tech how are you thinking about sort of you know to play play the internals of the market yeah you know it's not easy right now it's definitely not easy and you do have to be much more careful on where you're picking and where you're sticking your money than you have 
had to be for a very long time. Um, I do think that there are some areas of tech which really do still stand to outperform as we progress through the year. I think sort of cloud areas of tech, AI processing, those areas of tech are going to be the ones that will be um, ready to pick up when we come the other side. I think it's going to be also about sort of positioning yourself to be ready for that turnaround. We know that like trying to catch it is, is, is pretty impossible, really, but trying to position yourself so that you're ready for when it does come. Um, so that would be the particular areas. And also, I think other um, other stocks are going to be consumer staples, um, you know, that sort of fairly typical stocks that that are sort of, you know, what we'd consider um, where consumers still have to go regardless of what's going on. Um, that would be sort of the two areas that I would be looking in. And I think when we get to the other side of it, that's when you need to be in the financials, ready to rise those those, those higher rates um, and, and sort of really benefit from that. But just that that threat of recession um, is just going to be weighing on financials for now. Can I also ask you about earnings? Because I feel like just about everybody everybody I talk to says that earnings will still have to come down. That that analyst estimates are way too high for what people are expecting will come uh, for the economy in the latter half of the year or even into 2023. I'm wondering what you think or whether or not maybe we can see companies continuing to pass on costs and and still potentially maybe um, posting solid uh, earnings results. Yeah, it's a good question. I think we sort of, you know, earning, well, first of all, how is it almost earning season again? <laughs> Where did that come from? But, um, but you know, I think we get this quite often um, heading into earnings season where these questions about sort of, you know, is it over, are, are we over expecting from the companies? And I think that there is a good chance that we will get some disappointment um, coming into these earnings seasons. You know, it's, it's been a tough environment for them. And it will be, I think, more importantly, the next quarter is going to be extremely tough. That's where I think we're going to see a lot of um, the guidance perhaps coming in a little bit lower than what we might have been expecting. That's, I think, going to be um, something to watch out for. Um, as far as sort of, you know, going beyond that, I think there will be some some better news as we head towards the end of the year. But that's looking quite a long way out. I still think we've got to get through um, the, the forward guidance from, from the earnings season coming up, which is going to be, I think, on the disappointing side. As far as, you know, price hikes are concerned, we know that there have been price hikes. They have been passed on. We also know that, that they're not always successfully being passed on. So I think that's something. And the other thing to bear in mind is we've had that sort of, you know, the cash egg from, from, from the pandemic, which has been helping um, households as, as they sort of, you know, have moved into this higher inflationary environment. And that's going to have been disappearing now. So that's going to be something that's going to be coming, I think, more obvious um, as we go into this earnings season. 
Fiona, uh, such a treat to hear all your insights and thoughts. We we really appreciate it. And thanks for meeting uh, with Voldana in London. Ah. I think that allows that allows her to expense her whole trip. Probably. <laughs> the entire thing. Yeah. All my visits yeah. to all the, the princesses and castles and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get needles as well. <laughs> <laughs> Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We can't let you go uh, without participating in our tradition on this show, which is the craziest thing we've seen in markets this week. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you've got something for us. Uh, Vildana, let's start with you, though. What's the craziest thing you saw this week? I actually found a couple things and I couldn't decide which one I wanted to go with. But I'm going with this headline that I saw on Bloomberg. It's South Africa's national airline is being sued by an investment firm 
and the investment firm wants this the sale to um uh, south africa's airline had uh, sold itself or sold more than half of itself and so this investment firm wants the sale to be rerun because they say the acquisition was unlawful and constitutionally invalid and i was going to ask you mike to guess how much this airline had gone for <laughs> oh boy is it in in south african rand or is it in a uh, i'm gonna do it I'll in accept, u.s dollars yeah i'll accept answers in u.s dollars um I'm guessing I'm going to guess on the low end because I don't think they'd be fighting over it otherwise. Um, hundred million, three dollars, three dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a typo. I, I would have bid at least five. I didn't. Had I known, right? We could have oh. owned. A, we could have owned an airline. And is it? It's just they're so in debt. I guess that uh, it, it's more of an enterprise value type of thing. You, you can have to take on. I mean. Who wouldn't think that you you can't get more than three dollars for an airline? <laughs> so low, like any of us could have bought it. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna bid on the next one. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll too. go as high as ten. Yeah, yeah me $10. too. <laughs> That's pretty good. Jeez, I thought I was lowballing at a hundred million. Wow, three dollars. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to fly Fiona on an airline that uh, sold for three dollars. No, do you know what? I was having a very similar thought. I was trying to picture and imagine what the flight, you know, flight might be. I know low cost airlines can be a little bit uncomfortable, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm taking that flight. How about you, Fiona? What's the what's the craziest thing you've seen recently? Hey, do you know, I don't know if mine's crazy, but it's something that I really enjoy watching. And it's, you know, sometimes there are those those, those relationships between markets that are quite interesting and, and they just fascinate me a little bit. And and it's the Dr. Copper. I think, you know, just overnight we saw um on the charts Dr. Copper fell, Copper, should I say. Um, you know, it's a, traditionally it just reflects the health of the global economy. So when you know the economy's in an expansion, we tend to see um copper rises and and the alternative, when it's in sort of, you know, in a in a period of contraction or, or heading towards contraction, we tend to see that copper falls. And copper has been falling. It's fallen, it's fallen um, to a 15-month low overnight last night. It's down 25% from its recent high. And, you know, it's taken out some key levels. So I think, again, when we're talking about that idea of recession and how global economy, it's a really good one to be watching right now. Dr. Copper, the, the, the good doctor, he's not, not a good uh, prognosis, I guess, for the economy <laughs> at the moment. And that's and we are taping on Thursday, so those, that price action uh, Fiona's talking about happened Wednesday night into Thursday. So who knows? By the time this comes out, maybe it'll bounce all the way back. We'll see with, with, with these markets. That's pretty good. I, you know what? I'm going to go back and start looking at copper again. I, it's, uh, it, it is such a closely watched uh, barometer. Um, everything's so screwy these days, though. It's hard to know uh, if, if the old indicators are as reliable as they, as they once were. But but that is certainly a uh, uh, one to watch. All right, I'm going back to my favorite uh, asset class, the the alternative asset class. Uh, you guys, you two might not be old enough to remember the movie Back to the Future. Yeah, Anyone? of course. First, yeah. Okay. We're not yeah. ten. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. You don't remember this version of it. 
uh, when it came out in 1985, I think the movie came out, but in 1986, it came out on VHS tape. You had a VCR back in the day in the 80s. Yeah, I didn't have one at this point, but you were a player. You had that technology in your house in the mid 80s. So the guy who's uh, Biff, he's like the bad guy in the movie, you know, the bully. He's kept a sealed near mint condition of the original Back to the Future VHS tape. He's had it in his possession all this time. And I guess Biff's, I guess he's having some hard times. So he's decided to sell it uh, to an auction house. Um, this is courtesy of CNN.com. I'm getting the story. Uh, Heritage Auctions in Dallas put this up for sale. Um, it ended up being the highest ever uh, auction price for a VHS tape. Um, so you know what time it is, Bildana. I know what I time need it is. you to guess. Uh, hopefully you do better than my guess on the airline bid there. That was bad. What, you were really bad at it. Well, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't mince the words. There. Don't, don't, don't hold back. <laughs> Near mint condition VHS tape, Back to the Future, was the highest ever selling price for a VHS tape at a collector's auction. And what they're saying is that a lot of these old actors have rows and rows on their bookshelves of old VHS tapes that might come to market. For some oh. reason, they're a hot hot thing again in the collector's market. So oh. what's, Did he what's sign it? Um, I think he offered to like write a note on it or something. Okay. Um, I'll go with... I don't know if the buyer actually took him up on that though, or not. They might have said, that's okay. We don't need that. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely... No one likes you, Biff. <laughs> oh, but it would be cool. Okay, well, I I'll go with $12,000. $12,000. Fiona, how about you? What's, what's your guess for the, the winning auction price for, for this VHS tape? I think I would go a little bit higher. I think there are some really keen Back to the Future lovers out there. So I'm going to go, say, $25,000. $25,000. Fiona, you win? But you're both still a little off. Seventy five thousand. What? Yeah, seventy five thousand. VHS. <laughs> Nobody even has VHS players. Who's going to watch that VHS? Yeah, I'm not sure you ever want to play it though. It's you <laughs> might uh you might drop it down by about fifty thousand if you if you actually play the thing. I think you want to keep it in that sealed. Wow. For whatever reason, people like to collect this stuff like this. I'm I'm always fascinated. Seventy five thousand. <laughs> And you know, if you go, whoever I have bought some it, old VHS tapes, I could sell. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to yeah. rack my brain. Then. <laughs> I know, what, do you have? what do you have on the shelf? You never know. You never know anymore. But all I know is, if you go to this person's house, you know you're going to hear all about it. You know, I'm sure it's going to be displayed prominently. Yeah, my, I have my, an old Dennis the Menace. If anybody wants it. Oh, really? Yeah. But on St VHS, starting bid. Sixty thousand. <laughs> all right, you might, you might, uh, you might get a bid for that. We'll see. We'll see. If you, I think the only way to bid on that is you have to leave us a review of the podcast. Yeah. On Apple Podcast. Yeah. With with your bidding and and maybe your routing number. I don't know if you want yeah. to pick your routing. Yeah. Number no, don't that. do that. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll accept bids for that Dennis the Menace tape on on our Apple Podcast reviews, which we we need to get to three hundred before we reveal Vildana's high school nickname. So we we still got a few more to go. Mm -hmm. So get them in there. This is Mike's shtick to get people to review the podcast. I, 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 you know, I can't resist a good gimmick. It's, it's, he loves them. It's, it's my Achilles heel. 
But I think that is all the time. Fiona, so great to hear your thoughts. Um, really appreciate uh, you joining us from London. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Oh, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed myself. Thank you, Fiona. What Goes Up will be back next week. Until then, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal website and app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love it if you took the time to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so more listeners can find us. And you can find us on Twitter. Follow me at Reganonymous. Vildana Hyrick is at Vildana Hyrick. You can also follow Bloomberg Podcasts at Podcasts. What Goes Up is produced by Stacey Wong. The head of Bloomberg Podcast is Francesca Levy. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.